Morning Liberty. Well, what's up, everyone? This is Good Morning Liberty. Subscribe to the podcast if you're listening to it on the website. Charlie is here, kind of. He's on the phone. Yeah. What's up, Charlie? Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm there, but I'm not there. I know. I'm, I'm about six or 700 miles away. Where you at? You know, remember when you went to Louisiana? Yeah. And we did one of these episodes? Yeah. Well, now I'm in Louisiana. Nice. Yeah. It's weird how, how we just kind of traded places. So is it going to be a thing where like we just always do these traveling episodes from Louisiana? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like we did one from Louisville, didn't we? One time? Um, I don't know. We might have. Uh, so how's, like, are you getting hit by a hurricane there or something right now? What's going on? No, uh, Barry didn't really show up. Okay. Hurricane, I mean, it was a hurricane when it hit, but it was kind of all hyped up, and I think they're sending all the National Guard home even. Okay. So Not much going on here. Turned out to just be Tropical Storm Barack instead of... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now it's a depression. Totally different. Totally different. Um, it's definitely a, a depression for sure now. You know, think about Obama and all that. Are you <laughs> are you guys observing uh, the hol- the two day holiday down there? Is that why you went down there to, to celebrate with your family? The uh, the yes Prime Day. So this is <laughs> yes, this is Christmas in July, and uh, that's why we're here. <laughs> yeah, very nice. I yeah, I love. I you know the first couple Prime Days weren't really that good. I don't know if you remember those, but like a bunch of stuff that no one would buy and they put it all right. on sale. It's like a clearance rack at Walmart, basically. And uh, this is like, we were just talking. They got security systems on there. You got tablets, computers, all kinds of stuff for huge discounts. Roombas. Roombas. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, my wife and I were laying there looking at, you know, different things. And then she looks, she looks at Target. This is one of the coolest things is Target is doing anywhere from 10 to 50% off on tons of items on their website today. I wonder why they're doing that. I don't know. I don't know. It's uh um, You think maybe they're in competition with somebody? It seems like it. it's almost as if competition in the market kind of lowers prices for, for So what everyone. you're saying is, wait, hang on. What you're telling me? You're telling me that if I want somebody to shop at my store and someone else instead of someone else's store, that maybe I should compete with them i it would seem so although that just sounds completely outlandish i know yeah it sounds crazy but i'm not sure how that you're saying people do this like free will too yeah There's nobody forcing i don't remember to do any of this i don't remember any laws getting passed through saying that all the stores had to lower their prices today you know that huh. i did not see that but it's one of the great effects because you know you got to have what's it cost to be an Amazon Prime member now? I know you just renewed yours not that long ago. It's like a, I think it's one hundred and fifty bucks now. It's so it's getting pricey, but yeah, you can get like everything on Amazon. You can get everything you need on Amazon. Almost literally everything. And that comes out to like eleven, twelve dollars, twelve dollars a month is what it might come out to to have an Amazon subscription. Yes. And you can get free shipping on everything you want, and it's probably cheaper than anywhere else you could get it. I mean... Isn't that weird? This... We have to stop this freaking capitalism thing, man. This is evil. It's uh, it's unbelievable. You know it's hilarious if you go to Target's website? So Amazon, obviously, it's Prime Day, right? 
they announced July 15th and 16th. It's an amazing thing. You go to Target's website. They, they're they titling this Deal Days. It's their biggest sale of the summer online only, July 15th and 16th. <laughs> They've got 40% off select furniture, 40% off select rugs, kitchen deals, electronics and smart home deals, buy two books, get one free floor care deals. Man. It never ends. Then you hop on over to Walmart. This is even better. <laughs> they're top of the page here at walmart says it's the big save the summer's hottest rollback special buys and clearance exclusive to everyone so it's not exclusive because it's to everyone but uh i don't under you know this is just mind-boggling what this evil greedy capitalism can do for all the customers out there trying to save money well and what we've seen here is that obviously amazon is a monopoly and has no competition so they're right. they're free to just you know inflict their will upon anyone that they want to, you know. And they're uh, price gouging. Yeah, their sale is price gouging. Obviously, they're price gouging. They're taking advantage of people, and you just have no other option. You know, you just you just have to put <laughs> up with it, and uh, that's that's just capitalism, man. You know, you just got to deal with well, the system. What about all the people that don't have internet? This isn't fair to them. They got to go to the store and pay regular prices. That is that is true, but they probably are still going to be dealing with uh, going to Walmart, which is just the other cheapest place to get stuff from. And uh, actually, I, I got a better idea for those people. What's that? Um, there, there's a place called the Library. I'm not sure if you ever heard of it, but every single town has one. Uh, even the small town we grew up in has a library, Nate. Not my uh, even smaller town I grew up in separately <laughs> but but most most people yeah. are within yeah 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 so if you don't have internet they got internet there and they'll let you use it for prime day but basically everyone even in the even in the uh little bitty town that i also grew up in you know that there's there's wi-fi at the grocery store and people go and sit either inside in the tables in there or at, or at the picnic tables outside and use the wi-fi how many time. people are there? 200 so, people in the town? There's like two, 200 people in the town. Yeah. Wow. It's a, And there's still Wi-Fi. There's still Wi-Fi there. It's actually crazy fast Wi-Fi. It's like it's like 70 it's like 70 megabytes a second that they that they have there. So, pretty nuts. But it reminds me of something, you know that study on Walmart how even if you don't shop at Walmart, it saves on average American families save over $2,000 a year just because Walmart exists. You know, you don't even have to shop there. Yeah, that's that's twenty thousand dollars over ten years. Yeah, it's a it's pretty pretty substantial, and somehow we're we're left to feel like this capitalism thing is just taking advantage of us. But we all know that if you go shopping somewhere, you you're gonna have that thought like, uh, I bet I can get this cheaper on Amazon. And a lot of people, right. you don't even have to have an Amazon subscription. I mean, everyone's got a friend that's got one, and I'll tell I know you. We, I, I know we get pretty sarcastic here, but you know, for for people wondering, how does this actually work? Like, how does it actually work where it actually saves people money? For instance, you mentioned Walmart. Even if people don't shop there, it still saves people money. Why is that, Nate? Well, because Walmart has such low prices, and they do buy everything in bulk. They have their own warehouses, some of their own production facilities. Uh, they can have pretty low prices, but. What in turn happens is there's thousands and thousands of other stores that also want to be in business, 
And since they want to remain competitive, they have to try and compete with Walmart with Walmart's prices. And so even if you aren't someone who goes to Walmart, when you go shop somewhere else, you are benefiting from the fact that Walmart exists. You don't even have to go to Walmart because the place that you're shopping with has had to find ways to lower their prices so they can be as competitive with Walmart as they can. So that, And now we have Amazon being thrown into the mix. Now, Walmart and Target are lowering their prices up to 50% on a lot of items so they can be competitive with Amazon. And I know Target, I think Walmart, but they both offer, offer free shipping on these items. Like two-day right. shipping. I think Walmart does free two-day shipping. So it's, it's, it's one of the most beautiful thing about capitalism is when, when there aren't monopolies, and monopolies can basically only exist under government force, when there aren't monopolies and you have free competition, even with someone as big as Amazon, you know, worth over a trillion dollars, they're still cutting these prices, giving you the the cheapest price on almost everything with two-day shipping. And now retailers, that you know, Walmart's got 15,000 locations, Target, I don't know how many, but now you have these other massive retailers, these other massive companies that are lowering their prices because Amazon exists. It's, it's and you know what, beautiful. You know what's even better about all of that? You know, Walmart's been around for what, 60, 70 years? At least, yeah. Yeah, and, I would say. And yeah. and Amazon's been around for what? This is their, their 19th year, 20th year? So it wasn't like it wasn't like Amazon's been around for a long time, like forcing Walmart to do all this. They, Amazon came out of nowhere and changed the whole game. And guess who wins every time? Consumers. It's the consumers that win. It's people like me and you. People like... People listening to this podcast right now, you got, we all win because somebody had an idea was like, why should we have to pay for shipping? Why don't we just give people free shipping? You know, why don't we just ship things directly to people's doors so they don't have to waste their gas and come into the store? They can search for anything. And now you have all these other retailers, these giants like Walmart and Target that have been around for a long time that say, well, if we, if we want to stay in business, then we got to make it cheaper for the consumer too and make everything better. And that's exactly what they've done. You know, like Walmart now is even doing a uh, grocery delivery. I saw that because you got, you got, yeah, you got uh, Kroger and, and Publix and all that with Instacart coming around, people just delivering groceries and you sign up, they'll do it for free the first couple times. And then if you, they do charge you, it's like $10. I hope nobody's listening because I honestly pay like $30 <laughs> for somebody to deliver my groceries for me. Cause I hate going grocery shopping. Yeah. It's it's one of the one of my favorite parts about um, Amazon. Also, is when we had this we have this big shift into online retailing, and one story a lot of people don't know about um, from the earlier 1900s. And you can learn this if you read the book Basic Economics by Thomas Sowell. There used to be a grocery store called the called A and P. Now I believe they're actually still in business, but they're they're hardly anywhere. But there used right. to be the AMP AMP grocery chain, chain was the biggest retailer in world history, and what happened was they had a bunch of local stores, maybe similar to a lot of Walgreens, things like that. Your your uh, small town grocery stores. They had thousands, tens of thousands of them all over the all over the country, and what what happened? This was actually kind of crazy, but as more and more Americans had refrigerators and freezers. Uh, and cars and things like this in their homes, 
people started to buy more groceries in bulk, whereas people used to just go buy, uh, you know, a couple days worth of groceries, and then they'd have to go shopping again. What happened was once you were able to store food and freeze food, uh, people wanted to buy their groceries for, you know, buy one week or two weeks worth of groceries. So what you would have is you'd have a shift towards bigger amounts of groceries and you'd have more people driving to the stores instead of walking to their stores. And so they needed really big parking lots. So as we shifted to more retailers like, like Walmart or other grocery stores that were competing with, with A&P at that time, A&P didn't keep up. They just kept their small stores and they didn't adapt. And now you've, you know, unless you've read basic economics, you've probably never heard of them. But what we have now is, uh, we started to shift into a more online retailing. And Amazon was the one that really started this whole revolution and all the other retailers did not keep up. I trade, I, I trade stocks every day. It's something I've been doing for a few years. I can tell you legitimately people have been questioning whether or not Walmart will be able to stay in business because of Amazon. Right. And so they, they have had to try and keep up now with, with Amazon. And they've now, and they were considered a monopoly. That's the other side of this, because you would be hard pressed to find a, a leftist that wouldn't say that Walmart is a monopoly. You could probably still find 95% of people that are more liberal would tell you that Walmart is a monopoly somehow. Especially, especially old, our friend BS. Absolutely. If, he literally has called Walmart a monopoly in the last year while people in the stock market are questioning whether or not they're going to go out of business and that most of our you know our online re- people are buying everything online now so it's it's a pretty crazy shift and one of my favorite things about it is that you can make your own Amazon store and sell to all kinds of people like they created this massive website this massive network of members and you can create your own store and sell things to people whereas if you're just in your city and you wanted to create something and sell it to people, you know how hard it would have been for you to make a website and do the marketing that was necessary, to, all the networking that was necessary to get out there and sell the people, or maybe you were just going to be able to sell the people in your hometown, and that was it. And now you, you got you to build a brick and mortar. Yeah, you got to go in a building. You got to go sell from the bank. Yeah, and now you just go create an Amazon store and upload photos of your pro, your products. I mean, a lot of people are doing drop shipping. They're not even creating the products until someone orders it. I mean, right. it's, it's, it's amazing. It's purely amazing. It's a miracle that all of this stuff exists. And it's helping, I don't know how many tens of thousands of people there are out there that are selling things on Amazon and be able to work from home now just because some greedy capitalist had an idea to sell books. You know? And then, yeah, that's and then, how it all started. Isn't that crazy? You know, it wasn't... You didn't have to sit there and wait for the government to create this website on the internet that would help all kinds of people lift themselves out of poverty. You know, that didn't happen. What happened was someone took their own money or took out their own risk and their own loans and took investments and created this thing for people to use. It drives me nuts when people are negative about it. Well, and like, let's be honest and say, you know, we can play devil's advocate here and say, capitalism isn't a perfect system right because there you could say the wealth accumulates at the top right because there's what 90 people or 200 people that own as much wealth as the bottom 90 percent or whatever it's probably less but at the same at the same time 
you don't understand all the benefits that people at the bottom still reap because it's much better to be poor in America today than it was to be as rich as Rockefeller was in the 1900, early 1900s. Absolutely. You know, you're, you're way better off. We've created not only are people making more money, let's say, but the standard of living has risen to a place that's quite frankly, unfathomable. I mean, if you were to tell people in, you know, 1920 that things like Amazon and Uber or hell, even just the internet would exist, they, they wouldn't believe you. You'd probably be burned at the stake for being a witch or something. <laughs> I don't I don't know if they did that back then, but <laughs> I'm sure. I don't I'm not sure how, how how long ago it was they were doing that. But just think about what Rockefeller I mean, so would you trade with Rockefeller? Like if you had to get up tomorrow, um, you know, at at, at the crack of dawn and uh in your unair conditioned house, um not be able to use your cell phone at all. Um, not even have a refrigerator or anything for a lot of the time that he was that he was alive. Have to go crank start your car and and drive your your bumpy you know twenty thirty mile an hour tops car around. Um, and you know none of these all these things that we that we take for granted now that we think are somehow rights you know had the same standard of medical care that he had at that time. Um, Probably better, actually. You know, it 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 legitimately is better to be in, in almost in poverty today than it was to be the richest person in the world a hundred years ago. Absolutely, it's not even a question. It's, and that's something people don't realize. Sure, a lot of wealth is accumulating at the top, but they're not paying attention that the bottom is rising up with it. And that's because the people at the top are creating this quality of life that didn't exist beforehand. And sure, mo- more of the money is going towards the people who are taking the risk in creating that. But y- you can't deny that that the bottom is not rising at the same time and that the bottom, because of all of this, is better off than they were 100 years ago. Right. Uh, so I, I was going to tell you this thing um, – I saw this on Instagram last night. Just a random, here's an Instagram page called Communism. So you know this is going to be good. Oh, perfect. Yeah. You know that little meme with the the um, the guy wearing the, the orange puffy jacket with the Air Jordan shirt on, has the, the hand saying, no, I don't want that. And then the one after it has him pointing, like saying, yeah, I want that. Yes. Um, yeah. So at the top it says, pay taxes or go to prison. And the guy's like, no, nah, I don't want that. And the bottom says, work for a capitalist or starve to death. And the guy's like, yeah, I want that. Jeez. <laughs> so that's like the mentality that you're dealing with. Work for a capitalist or starve to death. The, that's, wow. your, that's what the, today's world is. So I, I commented on there and said, you could say work for a capitalist or you could say um, provide value to your society and receive a representation of that value so you can then use that money to go and purchase the time and effort of the value that other people are creating. And <laughs> even, even better, you can make it more simplistic than that, as I would say, is all you have to do is quantify the percentage of people in socialist or communist countries that are starving versus the percentage of people 
in capitalist countries that are actually starving. Well, I'm sure they just don't have the right people running their governments. Well, yeah, that's what it is. (laughs) But, but the thing about it is, is like, if you look at the, the Western world that is largely capitalistic or even places like Hong Kong or, you know, you get America and Canada and Europe, they're mostly capitalistic. They're most, most people there have pretty decent lives versus, um, you know, even today, even China, North Korea, Venezuela, all the places that are have a lot more people starving that do not have a very free market economy. Yeah, I was look so Singapore being one of those too, which is crazy because I I heard uh, this is a talk about trade, and they were saying that uh, Singapore doesn't grow any food, and they import all of their drinking water, and wow, they're still known as like one of the richest economy, the fastest, just booming economy, you know? And so that was an idea on, you know, you don't have to be creating all of your, your own resources or using all of your own resources uh, to be prosperous. You know, that's just kind of a, that's just kind of a misunderstanding, I guess, of, of trade that somehow if you're importing a lot of things that your economy is, somehow you know on a poor track and and doing badly there was there was a time when we were moving up greatly in exports um you can you could look at the numbers but we our our export number was about the the highest it's ever been as far as a percentage of gdp do you, do you know when that was uh i think that was in the 30s wasn't it yeah during the great depression yeah <laughs> yep well so what you're saying is a trade deficit necessarily isn't a bad thing no no, it's it's it really it really is not. And it's like you say you're going to create your own real retail shop in your little city of your little township of 200 people. Um, those people really they don't have to buy everything from you just because you're there. That doesn't make them more prosperous, and it doesn't make you more prosperous to only serve them. You know, you can get on right. Amazon now and make your own store and serve millions of people if you want to, and all of those people in your town are free to get the best deals, the best value for their money that they can on or sites like Amazon. Or the other thing that forces you to do is you don't have to make the same products that somebody else can make cheaper somewhere else. You can folk, you can niche down on something else that no one else is doing or make something higher quality that no one else is doing to where people only come to you for those things. There's yeah. no reason for you know, millions of people to all do the exact same thing. You Let's just specialize. Say that you've just got a really, really valuable job, like your uh, coding computer software that's serving thousands of people, and you're getting paid. I don't know. Just say you're say you're making like a hundred bucks an hour or something like that, and you need your your yard needs mowed, and you could pay someone thirty bucks to mow your yard or you could go spend over an hour mowing your yard instead. So this this mentality this mentality would say that it is better for you to go outside, stop doing what it is you do that's valued greatly at $100 an hour. Stop doing that and go outside and mow your yard instead of you know, paying someone to do it, which would be your little trade deficit right there. Right. But instead you could uh, stay inside, keep doing what it is you do that's valued at that much money, and just pay someone 30 bucks to go do it. And one of the ways you, you lost $70 at 
and the world lost $70 of created value. So you would mow your yard instead of paying someone else to do it. Just because you can do something or something is done, you know, so easily, so something is done by your neighbor does not mean that you necessarily have to go do it or that you have to have your neighbor do it because that might not be the best and most efficient use or allocation of that money. Right. So no, I have a cleaning lady for that is. exact purpose. Cause one, I hate cleaning. <laughs> That's yeah. not true. I don't hate cleaning, but uh, I would rather not do it if I didn't have to. And so I can spend my time making money while I pay somebody else to scrub my toilets Yeah, for cheaper than what it would cost me to take the time to scrub my toilets. Now, what did I do there? I did a couple things. One, like you said, I'm still doing what I need to do to provide value to the rest of society. And then two, I gave someone else a job. Yeah. So now they have money that they can do whatever it is that they want to do with it. And they provided some value for their time. And then that just is basically a giant domino effect. And that's how the market, that's how the free market works. You have people that specialize basically in certain areas because they become really good at one thing. They create the highest quality product or service for the cheapest price possible. And then you just trade that with a bunch of different people. And guess what? Everyone gets richer. Everyone. You end up having these things like say in Southern California, not a lot of great things that can grow there. You know, you can grow grapes, you know, some, maybe some fruit and stuff like that. But what they end up doing is to, to aid the farmers that live there, uh, they will basically provide the irrigation uh, that will make their land usable for all kinds of other products. They will provide subsidized irrigation to all of those people so they can grow those things there because somehow that's a better deal than just importing those things and allocating that money in a better way. You end up having water shortages <laughs> like they like they do in California sometimes. We, we can uh, take the fact that, uh, oh, what is it? We get coffee. Just say coffee is being grown in South America, but we don't like that we import all of our coffee. So we try to find some, we create these greenhouses and all of these, these growing, uh, everything that you need to be able to grow coffee in the U.S. And it costs like three times more to grow the coffee because we don't have the suitable environment for it. Instead of just getting that coffee from South America, and then using the time and the resources that we put into all the greenhouses and all the man hours creating the environment and just apply those to things that would have been a, a, a better, more efficient use. Now, it's Thomas a, Sowell has always been a uh, you know free market capitalist guy, hasn't he? <laughs> no, no. Actually, he was... Oh. Uh, he, he wasn't. Was, he was pretty. Uh, he was uh, pretty socialist, bordering communist at first. Uh, really? But he was. Yeah. He was always very, very. Uh, he was very good at s- studying and backing up his beliefs. You know, he was very curious and always great at going out and looking at things. And basically, once once he started studying and researching. He dropped the ideas of communism and socialism because it was so obvious that they were not good ideas. So but, basically, uh, he became woke. He he became uh, <laughs> yeah he became uh, what would you call that free free market woke his free market wokeness uh, went up yeah. went up a lot. Did you Thomas Sowell is woke? I know you're out of you're out of state right now, but we do live here in Tennessee. We're in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, for those of you that don't know, but 
Did you hear that Tennessee's governor signed the proclamation uh, recognizing General Nathan Bedford Forrest? Did you hear that? I, Nathan I did, actually. Bedford Forrest Day. So yeah. pretty. I know there are a lot of people upset about this. Yeah, I saw all kinds of, I mean, if you search this, you will see all kinds of headlines saying that Tennessee governor, Governor Bill Lee, Republican governor, signs proclamation, all these things, uh, you know, recognizing and uh, proclaiming Nathan Bedford Forrest Day. And for those of you that don't know who Nathan Bedford Forrest is, I found this little short, this is a good 20 seconds on on who he was. So let's listen to that real quick. What he did was he started up this club called the Ku Klux Klan. They'd all dress up in their robes and their bed sheets and act like a bunch of ghosts or spooks or something. They'd even put bed sheets on their horses and ride around. And anyway, that's how I got my name, Forrest Gump. Mama said that the Forrest Park was to remind me that sometimes we all do things that, well, just don't make no sense. <laughs> oh, man. I, yeah. I, I don't know if anyone knows this, but Forrest Gump is like my favorite movie. I, th- I, will, I will make the argument that Forrest Gump is the best movie of all time. It's in, it's definitely in the top three. Yeah. What's the other one? You, yeah. What's other ones you would have? Uh, Shawshank Redemption's definitely up there. Yeah. Yep. Um, the Patriots up there for me. It's good. Uh, I try to think of like the movies that I watch every night, like literally every night. <laughs> <laughs> you for a uh, while, I think you watched. Uh, you watch like Shooter like every night, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I would I wouldn't say is a you know the greatest movie of all time. It's just one that I got comfortable with. Um, but yeah, I would say, I would say top three for me would have to be Forrest Gump, Shawshank Redemption and the Patriot. I've got, so Forrest Gump's my number one, Shawshank Redemption's my number two. Number three is tough because I really only consider those two just being like way above all other movies. I do like Saving Private Ryan. That's a really good one. That's Uh, a good one. Lone Survivor. Really good one. Also. Another great movie. Um, yeah, I have a hard time. Have a hard time coming up with which which ones go up there. I mean, you also have things like Anchorman. Yeah, you got good comedies too. The, the comedies right. are kind of hard to rank. I mean, then I'll start going into like some of my my like all time favorites, and I'll be thinking like Naked Gun and Airplane, things like. Don't you always hate those questions though? Like, what's your favorite movie of all time? Yeah. <laughs> which I guess you have yours. I but have. It's like, yeah. Well, what mood am I in? <laughs> yeah, it really does well, depend. What what version of myself? Because there's multiple Charlies, you know. There's multiple iterations of me every single day, right? I don't, I don't even know who Charlie from Thirty Minutes is going to be. Yeah, you know? I gotta, I gotta make that person. Yeah, your your so, favorite movie in Thirty Minutes might be The Notebook. You know, right? There's exactly. I might want to cry a little bit. There would be no way of knowing. I know we both love Wedding Crashers a lot. Yeah. So speaking of I mean, I, Adams, I don't hate The Notebook because I mean. Rachel McAdams, obviously. <laughs> because she's such a nice person. Right. Yeah. yeah. She is. That's what I was going to say, too. So this proclamation for Nathan Bedford Forrest Day, I know you saw some of the some of the news headlines from that. Like, have you caught anything that's a little bit off about this? Um, you know, I haven't been able to dig too deep into it there's a couple things i know apparently there's a tennessee state law that like basically 
holds the governor to what he did. Um, the other thing is like, I don't think even if there is a law, like you execute the laws as a governor. So really you didn't have to follow it. If I, if I'm right about that, I think there's another, like there's six other proclamation days that have to take place. I know three of them surround something to do with the Confederate South. Um, you know, the biggest thing that I see is that, you know, Nathan Bedford Forrest, obviously, as we know, uh, and Forrest told us just a little bit ago that he started the, the Ku Klux Klan, the KKK, which obviously was a definitely a racist, black-hating group. Um, but at the same time, I believe at the end of his life, he did everything he can to fight against it. So if you, if you do some research on Nathan Bedford Forrest and what his life was like, he uh, denounced the KKK, and then he went on to, you know, fight for for equal rights for um, for Black Americans. So, how do you? I, I, what's the right thing to do here? I don't know. Like, I don't really know. Well, what's your thoughts? Well, the so I kind of I kind of stopped short of thinking about all of those things that you just said when I realized that. Uh, Tennessee governors have been doing this since 1969, every okay. every single year. Uh, <clears throat> right, because it's like a state law, right? Yeah, and, and uh, the Nathan Bedford Forest, the, the original uh, holiday was actually in uh, 1921 is when that came up. Um, and then in 1969, it became a state law that the, the governor has to proclaim uh, on or before that day that this is a Tennessee state holiday. And so I also went back and looked at the previous governors that we had, and there were, in fact, uh, the our, our don't previous, tell me there was a Democrat government governor that did this. So, well, if there was a Democrat governor, then yes, they did this. And also, our previous governor, I think, was that Bill Haslam? Was he the the governor before? Yes. Lee? Yeah. So he did it as well. The news stories were not near near as damning as the ones for, for Bill Lee. So what drove me nuts about this was that this is literally just a, this is them trying to make some kind of news out of something that is always there every year it's since 1969. Um, and it's just them trying to, to drum up a story of about how there's just inherent racism especially in the South, um, and they just need to keep this narrative going all the time. Uh, and basically, yeah. Lee, Bill Lee's uh, response about it was that this is the law, that, and he signed it, and that's his duty to do it. The same law uh, also does recognize Robert E. Lee Day. Uh, it also recognizes Abraham Lincoln Day, Andrew Jackson Day, Memorial Day, uh, Confederate Decoration Day, and Nathan Bedford Forest Day. So, not some great things in there. Um, I wouldn't say Robert E. Lee and Confederate Decoration and the uh, Nathan Bedford Forest are are real great things, but they have been Tennessee laws for quite some time, and previous governors did also do this, as was their duty. So, You know, Phil Bredesen was a Democrat from 2003 to 2011. Yeah. And then you had Ned Ned McWhorter was a Democrat from 1987 to 1995. Yeah. Ray Ray Blanton was a Democrat governor from 1975 to 1979. 
And when this law was passed, Buford Ellington was the governor. He was a Democrat, 1967 to 1971. Hmm. So you're telling me that governor, a Democrat governor in 1969 is the one who signed this. It's weird we didn't hear anything back then about it. Pretty, pretty, pretty crazy. So the the point that I have, really the reason I wanted to bring this up was just the overall narrative that is getting tossed around right now. We're sure, maybe, you know, maybe there shouldn't be a Nathan Bedford Forest Day in Tennessee. Not a great person to idolize and have a, and have a, some kind of vacation day because of, but this kind of reaction was not happening when the previous governors did it. I think it's all just a product, a byproduct of our political climate that we're in right now. And the fact that we have to keep drumming up hatred and resentment and negative feelings towards other people. Uh, so you can, you know, get your support when your elections do, do whatever it is you need to do, paint people in whatever light you want them to be painted in. Um, and I was actually a little disappointed to see that, uh, I know who was it? Ted Cruz was one of the, the main guys out there talking negatively about this, which doesn't mean it's not negative, but the overall feeling, the overall narrative is that this is some kind of new thing. Like you have to read all the way down to the bottom of the articles to find out that this has been a law in Tennessee since the late sixties. You know, the, the headline is that Tennessee's Republican governor has uh, signed a proclamation for Nathan Bedford Forest Day. You know, that's the headline. And if there's someone in the other 49 states who has not been following Tennessee's special holidays for your entire life, then obviously your reaction is, wow, I can't believe they just they just made this a holiday in Tennessee. Look at our world. Look at how What a racist look, governor. Look at this. Look at how terrible Republicans are racist. Look at this. Everything's just going to hell in the handbasket and and you know, obviously Republicans are racist and we have to get them out of office and the world's worse than it's ever been. And that's clear for the fact that Tennessee just signed this crazy proclamation where they're recognizing a the guy who started the kkk when i know why go ahead no go ahead i was just gonna say i know why you wanted to talk about this why is that because you you wanted to play a clip from your favorite movie that's all it was (laughs) that's what it was (laughs) that was the only reason i finally got to play a clip from forrest gump yes podcast and you're gonna find you're gonna find all kinds of stuff to play from there now well, I mean, because they they they, <laughs> they accurately documented so many historical events. <laughs> that, that movie literally has everything. Oh, it's got yeah, it's got. I mean, it's funny. It's drama. There's war. What else do you need? It's it it's amazing. I mean, you know, one of the cool things is uh, what's Gary Sinise, the guy who played Lieutenant Dan, that's just been like like his main thing is going around and playing doing those military base tours like you and I did actually um, since, and he's got the Lieutenant Dan band, which is nice. just pretty cool. Pretty cool. But I, I just wanted the re the reason I wanted to bring it up is because we have so much of this. I don't know, this narrative creating the story building out there and these misleading headlines somehow pointing out that Tennessee has just now created this this holiday honoring a guy who started the KKK is a really dangerous and disgusting headline to create 
but didn't stop CNN or Slate or anyone from doing it. Uh, right. And, and that's, it's just really dangerous. And it's just creating more and more division and tribalism and hatred. And uh, they, they really should be ashamed of themselves for, for making it so inaccurate and so dishonest. Well, and now it's going to be hard to convince anybody of anything else, any, anything else, you know? Yeah, well, that's, I mean, they'll, you can say whatever you point. want. You can say whatever you want in the first story and then print your retraction on the back page. They do it all the time. Not that it's in newspapers now, but they, the first headline that comes out is the only one that matters because that's what, you know, you're, you only get one first impression. You only get one first headline on a subject. And once they, once that one goes out there, they could print a new thing today saying, we're sorry about doing that. And obviously all Tennessee's governors have done this and we were just trying to create a false narrative and it would get like 0.01% of the shares that the original headline got and no one would ever see it. And uh, that's, you know, it reminds me that, you remember when Trump said that uh, immigrants coming across the border were animals, you know? Right. Just disgusting. Wherein actually the question was about MS-13 specifically. The reporter asked him what he thought about the MS-13 people coming across our border. And his response... And they spun it and said immigrants. And they literally spun it. They did not play the part where it was a question about MS-13. They All of the news outlets, the, the more left-leaning news outlets spun it as President Trump calls immigrants animals or whatever the word was. And and then it doesn't matter what else comes out after that. Doesn't matter. It, you you already put the headline out there, and they've known this for a long time. It's yeah. Just I guess just something we got to deal with. But you've always got to you just got to question everything. You got to research everything. Because well, I'm tons of tons of racists now for what he's saying about the congressional members like AOC and uh, Omar. Yeah, I mean that was really dumb of him. To, it was. I mean, so dumb. Super, super bad idea. And I will yes. full disclosure. I did listen to Ben Shapiro's episode about this, but I'll I will blatantly parrot what he said. But the Democrats were infighting and destroying themselves like that ideology does do, and they were just making a mess of it over the whole weekend after all that infighting with AOC and Pelosi and Omar and all these people. And Trump just had to. Step in there. Come in and save the day. Take the spotlight. <laughs> for them. Put the spotlight on himself, even though it was yeah. just a big spotlight watching the Democrats destroy themselves. And uh, he just had to come in and say, hey, I want I want to be destroyed some too. Come on. Look at me. Right. I'm an idiot. So I don't know. They gotta, they've got to give him a fake Twitter account that makes him think he's actually tweeting things. <laughs> that would be Honestly. so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> they need to make Like a, somebody creates a... So, uh, like a faux app, yeah, where he just puts it on his phone. <laughs> like, oh, Mr. President, we have to update your phone, and here's let's get your new Twitter. You know, we'll get you logged in, everything, and and there you go. <laughs> you know? That'd be amazing. That if I were the White House, I would put specific. I mean, I would really, really put a lot of effort into this. Maybe even creating an app that generated, uh, you know, positive or negative feedback from what it is he was fake tweeting. So he could get on there and think that he was actually saying the things that he was saying. I think yeah, they should create, put some money behind. I create this. millions of bots with algorithms. Yeah, yeah. Or they based wouldn't on even, what he says, like it would be a, like a real reaction. They wouldn't even have to create 
bots, I mean, they could just create a page that said that it had this many retweets and then a page that said that these were all the responses to it and everything. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really, I really I'm talking think about they making this sophisticated this. though. They could their own, your own presidential tweet filter app. <laughs> yeah. That would be so amazing. It's definitely needed. It's he just really steps in it when he really doesn't have to yeah. at all, at all. So, I mean, I don't have a lot else to say about the, the, about the, the governor thing, the Tennessee thing, other than just research stuff. When you, I mean, anything, when I first saw this story, I was like, Oh God, that's, that's weird. He really that's is not good. Like he's a <laughs> yeah. little, he's a little worse than I thought he might be, or he's, you know, that's disappointing. And it took me two seconds to figure out that this was a Tennessee law, you know, right. and it just took questioning a headline questioning the story. Like, wait, this is insane that in 2019, Tennessee would create some kind of new holiday, uh, honoring the guy who started the KKK. When just a few years ago, they actually removed the statue of Nathan Bedford Forrest in Memphis, right? Uh, that they would create this holiday for, I mean, they, they, they wouldn't do that. They didn't do that, but right. it doesn't matter too late now. Too late now. Yeah. Did you uh, get all your family to subscribe to the podcast while you're down there? Yeah. Yeah, they're all on. Okay. All right. Good. I think. Good. Well, <laughs> if uh, if people are listening, I would recommend that they subscribe also and tell their friends and family about it because there may or may not be some valuable information in here. And if you care about you know, we, we talked about this study not that long ago, but studies show that if you do listen and then you do subscribe, that you're 98% more likely to like all the other episodes. And then if you leave a rating and review, you're 100% likely to actually really like it. Yeah, that's that. And I didn't, you know, I didn't believe the study at first because it was so positive, but I, I did my research and it came from um, goodmorningliberty.us. And uh, they, they conducted a study over uh, it says several test episodes. And what, what they found was that if you like this episode, you're 98% likely to like our next episode. So why wouldn't you subscribe? Right. You know, There was a 98% consensus, consensus uh, among listeners. Yeah. So that's scientific. That's a scientific research. Not only that, poll. it was backed up by BernieLies.com. That we did with a secondary website, BernieLies.com, came forward and said, "Yeah, we got we got the same info. We, you know, we did the same study and found the found the exact same parameters." So I mean, that's that's good. That's good. So now you have no choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do the. I appreciate you not being here, and uh, just have. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you like the, you like the office without me? Yeah, it's weird doing this when I can't see you. You know, like yeah. I'm looking at your microphone right now, just I'm daydreaming just, about me being I, there. I'm looking at I it. I get it. Imagining I'm doing it with the, with the lights off in here, though. I really like it dark in the in the okay. studio here. Yeah, we might might try that. Just get some deeper thought. But I know you'll be back someday. But you want to give your sign off? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I'll be back there probably for Friday's episode. So um, I hope you guys have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. <laughs>